wonder if you've felt like this before in your life. Maybe you've said, I just can't handle any more of this. Just been trial after trial, situation after situation that just seems to, seems to be getting worse and worse, and there doesn't seem to be any hope of it getting better. I can't handle any more. Or maybe a grief or a sorrow that you're going through. And again, it just seems to just be with you. When you wake up in the morning, you have that darkness, that fear, that grief and that sorrow, and it just doesn't go away. Maybe you see no way forward. You just see you're in a tunnel and there's no light at the end. Maybe you think of God and you think, where is he? You know, I used to know him so near. Has he forgotten about me and my situation? I used to know his presence. I used to speak to him. But now there's just a distance, just a coldness. Now, if you feel like that, the first thing to say is, you're not on your own. As we come to look at the Psalms, we will encounter David feeling these feelings. So don't give up. Don't think, there's nobody else who's felt like this. You're not on your own. And the other thing to think, to know is this, God knows. God knows what you're going through. And I pray as we spend these weeks in these Psalms that God would help us and refresh us uh, by the reality of struggle um, and, and fighting the good fight of faith. But what do you do this morning if you feel like God is far away? If you feel like he is distant, where do you go? Why do you turn? Well, this Psalm 13 is a really helpful place for us to spend some time because we have an insight into the same questions that we struggle with and David is wrestling through them. And we get to listen in on his battle with this question of God, where are you? So what do we do when God feels far away? Now in this Psalm, we see three things that we can do. And I don't want to pretend that it's this simple, that we do these three things and that's it. No, this is a struggle and a battle. But as we listen to what David does here, there's some help for us, some pointers that we're not without hope. Three things for us to do. The first thing is we need to tell him. Then secondly, we need to ask him. And thirdly, we need to trust him. Tell him, ask him, trust him. Let's look at the first thing, if I can sort the microphone out. I touched it, that was the problem, a bit temperamental. Right, there we go, is that better? Right, first thing, Psalm 13, what do we do when God feels distant? Distant, we tell him. So the opening two verses, I don't know if you felt that when we read them, were brutally honest, brutally honest. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? David knows what he's feeling here, and he expresses his feelings, but not just anywhere. He goes to God with his questions and with his feelings. How does he feel? He feels like God has forgotten about him. He feels like God is far from him. Four times he asks that question, did you notice? How long? How long will this go on for? David seems hopeless. He feels in darkness. He feels forgotten and abandoned by God. That is how he's feeling. His face, he says, verse 1, your face is hidden. You know, why have you hidden your face from me? Now, hiding is something that doesn't happen by accident. Hiding is kind of a, a deliberate act. So he is saying, God, it feels like you're deliberately, you've gone away. You've hidden yourself from me. You've left me. This is how it feels. And it feels like there is no hope. There is no way out. There's no light at the end of this tunnel. Uh, and there is no end to my struggles. How long? 
Look at verse 2. He says, um, how long must I take counsel in my soul? He's got this inward conversation going on. You know, kind of, he's struggling over it, and he's saying, what's wrong with me? What's going on? Why is this happening? Why am I struggling? You know, he's trying to work out all the different reasons that there could be. This inward counsel is going on, and his mind is all over the place. He wakes up, and what's there to meet him? Darkness, sorrow. You see that? How long must I take counsel in my heart? Have I sorrow in my heart all the day? Just can't seem to shake it off. Second half of verse 2, at the end of verse 2, he says, How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? I'm losing. I'm on, I feel like I'm struggling. I'm not winning here. I'm losing. The enemy's got the upper hand. Now, who's the enemy here? Well, the truth is we don't really know. It could be a physical enemy, somebody who's trying to take over the kingdom from King David. Um, but it could also be here an enemy of temptation, his struggles with his flesh, his struggles with self and sin. It could be sickness that he's going through, just lurking there. It could be um, depression that he's struggling with. It could be death that he feels close to, we see in verse 3. We don't know what his enemy is, but doesn't that vagueness help? Actually, we can use that we could be having all different kinds of enemies that are against us at the moment. And so he feels like God has abandoned him, his enemy's got the upper hand, and he is um, desperate in this desperate situation. I wonder how you feel when you read those verses. You know, what we see here is David being deeply honest with God, isn't it? Just brutally honest with him. How long will you abandon me, God? Is this going to go on forever? Why are you hiding? David is doubting God's faithfulness. He's doubting God's love. He's doubting that he's safe. All of these things are question marks now in his head. And he tells God everything. God, are you really good? I just don't know. And he tells him. See, the first thing we need to do if it feels like God is far away is tell him. You know, when we think of what difference these few verses can make to our lives, I think there's something really important for us to grasp. Do you see that we can pray prayers like this? You recognize that. See, the Bible doesn't tell us you will never doubt. You will never struggle. The Bible doesn't tell us that you will never feel God's distance. No, the Bible doesn't say don't moan, don't complain, don't ask questions, don't doubt. No, it doesn't say that. We see time and time again uh, throughout the Bible and in the Psalms that people struggle. There's lament. You know, there's uh, the reality of living in the brokenness of this world. It comes up time and time again. But notice David's frustrations here aren't vague, are they? This is a prayer and he takes his complaints and his frustrations somewhere. He doesn't just leave them floating around, but he goes to God. He kind of piles up his argument, piles up his reasons, writes it down, as it were, and says, God, I feel like this. Now, if you're fe however you're feeling towards God this morning, can I encourage you to tell him? If you're feeling anger or bitterness, tell him. Tell him everything that's on your heart, everything you're feeling, all the questions, all the frustrations, go to him. Say it out loud. Tell him how you feel. God, it doesn't feel like you love me. God, it doesn't feel like you're real. God, it doesn't feel like your promises are true. It doesn't feel like you're good. All of these, we can tell him. God, it doesn't feel like I'm really saved. Am I saved? God, I don't know, but please, just tell God. The temptation is to think, I, I can't go to God with these questions. And so what does that do? Keeps us away from God. 
said, I can't go to God unless I sort this out. But you see, the only person who can sort us out is God himself. And so we need to take it to him. So can you talk to God like that? It's in the Bible. God has given us permission through his word to tell him all that's on our mind and heart. If you don't go to him, you'll end up feeling further and further away. Don't wait until you've got it sorted to go. I've told you before, haven't I, about dishwashers. Um, Dishwashers can bring up lots of different tensions in houses. So if you haven't got one, you know, maybe you want to weigh that up before you get it because lots of people have different systems. You know, one person in the house, I'm sure, will have the right way to, to pack a dishwasher and others will be doing it wrong. But the other thing that people do before having a dishwasher as well, some people rinse their dishes before they put them in a the dishwasher. I won't put hands up and I won't make any uh, aspersion about that. That might be right, it might be wrong. I'm not, jump, I'm not, you know, I'm gonna sit on the fence this morning. But if you do wash before you go in the dishwasher, you know, I just wanna, just wanna point this out, you know, sometimes we can think of prayer like that. I need to make myself clean and right before going into the dishwasher. You know, I make myself right and clean before I pray. But actually, the the truth is, we don't need to sort ourselves before we go to prayer. We can go dirty. We can go messy. We can go as we are. And so this morning, please don't wait until you feel like God is near to pray to him. Please don't wait until you think you've got no more questions or doubts. Again, remember Jesus' words. Did he say, come to me, all who have it sorted? No, he said, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Go to him, tell him. See, when we're feeling in the depths, the other thing we notice here is um, David, his, his mind is racing away, but he does bring it and he tells God how he's feeling. You know, he, he explains it, he puts it into word, he spells it out, he names his problems. These are my th- questions. You know, it, it feels like you're hiding. It feels like you've forgotten me. You know, my heart's all over the place. My enemies are winning. And so he tells God how he's feeling exactly. And as he's prayed this prayer, the reality is he's hit the bottom and now he's on his way up. Because he can see his problem now. Before he said this, he was just in a mess. He didn't know why he was struggling, but he felt um, down and low, struggling. He didn't know why. He couldn't put his mind on it. couldn't put words to it. But now he said it, actually, this is a huge step. He spelt out his problem and he said, this is how I'm feeling. So this morning, let me encourage you to put how you're feeling, put your questions and your doubts into words and say them to God, this is how I feel. However honest uh, or brutal it might seem, take it to God. He knows how you're feeling anyway. He knows it better than you. So tell him. It's okay to question and doubt and bring these things to him. Don't leave them floating around. Tell him. What do we do when God feels far away? Number one, we tell him. The second thing we need to do is this. We need to ask him. So the next thing David does in verses three to four is he asks God specifically for things. You notice that. Consider me, he says. Turn your face towards me, God. You know, he's just said, it feels like you're hiding your face from me. But now he says, consider me. Turn your face to me. So he's isolated the problem. I feel like you've turned away. So turn back, Lord. Turn your face to me. Answer me, he says. Consider me and answer me. God, it feels like you've hidden yourself from me. It feels like you're not listening to me. So please, Lord, do something and answer me. He says, light up my eyes. I feel in this kind of darkness and I feel like you're hiding yourself from me. I've got this sorrow. So light up my eyes. 
bring me light in this darkness that I feel and this hopelessness. Bring me hope. So he's bringing specific requests related to his feelings. So he he managed to get out how he's feeling, and then he says, right, I'm going to pray. Lord, turn your face to me. Lord, answer me. Lord, lift up my eyes, light up my eyes in the darkness. Sinclair Ferguson, in his commentary on this psalm, points out something really helpful, because he says, do you realize that what he's actually praying here is very similar to the benediction in Numbers 6? The benediction in Numbers 6 is this. Let me read it to you in case you've forgotten it. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. You see what David is praying. He's gone to God's word, as it were. He's gone to God's promises, and he's saying, God, please, would you do this? God, you've promised. Please turn to me. See, in the midst of this winter of his soul, he kind of has a store of God's promises that he goes to, and he pulls them out. And he prays, God, you've said, do this. So we need to be, don't we, like you know, a squirrel. What does a squirrel do in winter? A squirrel gathers all the acorns and all the nuts to store up for the winter. Because in the winter, there's no nuts. And so they need to have them ready, don't they? So we need to be like squirrels. If you're not in the winter of your soul now, keep reading God's word. Store up those promises. Write them down so that you can have somewhere to turn to. And when you're feeling um, all over the place, you've got a store of God's promises that you can turn to. What promises could you turn to? I'm sure you have some uh, in your mind that have helped you. Or maybe you can remember moments where you were in despair and God just brings a verse to mind or a truth about him from a hymn. Uh, and he just, he, you have that kind of uh, nugget there to mix metaphors. And there it is. God has helped you. Where could you turn? Well, here's one. If you're feeling a distance from God this morning, Isaiah 49. Maybe you feel like God has forgotten you. Can a woman forget her nursing child, that she should have no compassion on the son of her womb? Even these may forget, yet I will not forget you. Behold, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. Deuteronomy 31. Remember, God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. James 4 verse 8, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. See, when the storm is raging, when the waves are pouring in, we need somewhere to put our anchor down. And God's promises are those things. Turn to them. He'll never let you down. So we pray his promises back to him and said, God, you've said this. Now do it. Now, there's a few times in our life where uh, Thomas and Lily might come to me and say, can we do this or can we do that? And then I give a reason why we can't. And then they'll bring this one out and they'll say, but dad, you promised. And when they say that, you know, you're stuck, aren't you? You've had it. <laughs> you promised. And hearing those words, tug at your heart. And if they tug at my heart as a failing, sinful father, how much more from our perfect heavenly father? If we say, father, you promised. You've said you do this. God can't break a promise, doesn't want to break a promise, won't break a promise. Once we go to our troubles with God, we're open, we're honest, we, we kind of think, this is my struggle, this is what I'm questioning. And they pray specifically into those areas and pray God's promises. Are you storing up God's promises at the moment? You know, sometimes we can just think, oh, what's the point reading the Bible? Oh, you know, I, I, I don't need to read it. I, I've 
you know, or whatever reason, but actually those times where we're reading God's Word, where God is speaking to us, we need those times, because there will be times where you won't read the Bible, where you can't, and we need to store up. See, when it's winter, it's hard to find nuts, and so we need to have them ready. And here's another thought. Maybe we wonder, how can we help someone who might be feeling like this? Perhaps it would be a time for us to be able to send them something that we've found that has encouraged us. Just to send a text message or a note or a phone call. It doesn't need to be long. But just to say, look, I read this. Uh, let me encourage you with this. And that's it. And we pray that those nuggets of gold that we find in God's Word would be a real encouragement to those in the winter of their soul. So you encourage one another. Let's ask God and pray the promises that he has given us. So what do we do when God feels distant? We tell him. We ask him. And the final thing is this. We trust him. We trust him. Now David has been brutally honest in this psalm. And, um, and he's prayed specifically into these questions and requests that he's got. But now we see David takes his eyes from himself and he focuses on God. Because there's a change, isn't there, in verse 5 and 6. And if you, as you're reading it, it just seems to suddenly change. There's hope and there's light and there's life. How? Well, he seems to have three things that are, like, again, like anchors to him. Imagine you're, you're in a boat in a storm at sea, and there are three anchors that go down. Here are the three anchors of truth for us uh, to turn back on. The first is the anchor of God's steadfast love. Do you see that in verse 5? I have trusted in your steadfast love. Throughout this psalm, do you notice what David calls God? He calls him Lord. And in the ESV version that we use, it says, that's in capitals, isn't it? O Lord, that is Yahweh, God's covenant name that he gave his people back in Exodus. Yet the, who am I? I am. I am Yahweh. This is who I am. My covenant keep, I am the covenant-keeping God, the God who will, has committed myself to you even if you fail. A God of unconditional grace and love and compassion. A love that says, I am committed to you. And David knows that God won't break his promises. David knows that God won't let him down, that he is faithful. And so when all else seems uncertain, he says, verse 5, I have trusted in your steadfast love. A love that is committed to me. Not about my commitment to God. And isn't that a comfort? Isn't that a help? David didn't go to God and say, look, well, I've done this, and I've, I've done this, and oh, remember this that I've done. No, he says, I'm trusting not in what I've done, but in your love for me. You're committed to me, and I'm trusting you. God is not loving him according to his performance, but he's loving him simply because he loves him. That's the steadfast love of God. And we can know that same confidence today. We can know the same confidence that David says here. Our confidence is in uh, what Jesus has done for us. He is the confirmation of all the promises of God. He is the one who assures us of it. And as we look at Jesus on the cross, we remember that God is committed to us and he won't let us down. His steadfast love endures forever. In the darkness and in the doubt, that this is a deep truth. This truth is a deep balm to our souls. He is a God of steadfast love. That's one anchor 
His love will never let me go. The second anchor that we see here in verse uh, 5 is God's salvation. His steadfast love and his salvation. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. So the next thing David remembers is, I'm saved. He has rescued me. I'm safe with God because what he's done and in saving me. And this morning, if your trust is in Jesus, you are safe. God has got you and he is not letting go of you. And that encompasses so much, doesn't it, when we think of what that tells us about God and about ourselves. When we remember our salvation, we remember God has promised to be with us forever. David says, isn't he, at the start, will you forget me forever? But the truth is, in Psalm 23, what does he say? Say, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. My salvation tells me that he won't forget me and that I will be with him forever. My salvation tells me, Ephesians 1, verse 7 and 8, that the grace of God is lavished on us. My salvation tells me in 1 uh, Peter 1, verse 4, that we have an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you. You're safe. He's got you. Romans 8 tells us that those he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son in order that we, uh, he might be the first, firstborn among many brothers. And those he predestined, he called. Those he called, he justified. Those he justified, he has also glorified. It is certain if you're saved, you're safe with him. He won't let you go. Who can separate us from the love of God? Our salvation starts now, but it lasts forever. So when David is struggling with this, will you forget me forever? Now he remembers, my heart will rejoice in my salvation. I'm safe you've got me. See, the first anchor is the steadfast love of God. The second anchor is the salvation of God. And the third is God's goodness. You see that in verse 1, will you, uh, will you hide your, how long will you hide your face from me? There's kind of a sinisterness to that, isn't there? God's hiding, deliberately not wanting to draw close. You can't really trust this God who's, who's hiding from you. But in this final verse, do you see what David says? He says, God has dealt bountifully with me. God is good. I can trust him. So how can he know that God is good? You see, Satan's lie in Genesis 3 was God isn't good. You can't trust God's motives. He said this because he doesn't want you to, to be too great or be like him. You know? so, so don't trust God. And we still believe that lie today. And many of our struggles, many of our questions will be a, a doubt of God's goodness. How can we be sure of verses 5 and 6? How can we be sure that God will deal bountifully with us? Well, the answer comes in verses 1 to 4. But I'm going to read them again, and I want you this time to hear Jesus say in these words. Jesus went on the cross so that we can be forgiven. And he there experienced verses 1 to 4, so that we could experience verses 5 to 6. Listen to these words again and hear Jesus saying them as he is on the cross. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider me and answer me, O Lord my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. 
lest my enemies say I have prevailed over him, lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. You see, Jesus paid the price we deserve for our sin. He faced that abandonment. So if we feel that this morning, Jesus knows it. He has been there. He has felt it. And as we remember that, our doubts can start to fade away because the cross proves to us that God loves us, proves to us that he's not hiding, proves to us that he'll stop at nothing in order to rescue us and save us, that he is faithful and that he is good. And the cross shows us that he has dealt bountifully with us. And so we can say, verses 5 and 6, I've trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord. He has dealt bountifully with me. How has God dealt bountifully with you? If you're trusting in Jesus this morning, you are forgiven. You are saved. You are safe. You are accepted. You are righteous. He won't let you go. All things are working out for your good and for his glory. You have an inheritance that nobody can take away. So however dark the tunnel, there is light at the end because Jesus died and rose again. And he says, I am not letting go with you. I'm taking you through this. You will never be on your own. And these are truths we can trust in whatever. So yes, the answer again is Jesus. But what a glorious answer. The answer to our questions and our doubts and our hopes. He is the one we can turn to. He is the one who will never let us down. This morning, if you feel God's distance, please tell him. Tell him exactly how you feel. Don't wait any longer. And then ask him. Ask him for those things and those situations you see um, and you struggle with. And then trust him with your eyes on Jesus, who paid for your abandonment, who took that in your place, so that you would never know. Uh, you can never know, uh, always know his presence and his help throughout our life. Let's pray as we uh, come to close our time together. Thank you, Terry. I'm just going to leave a few moments silence for us to reflect on what we've heard and on this psalm, and I'll close in a few moments. Father, we thank you for the honesty and the reality of your word. And we thank you for the hope it gives. And I pray, Lord, please, for those this morning who might feel just like David does in verses 1 and 2 here. Feel your distance. Feel far away. Please, Lord, would you help them by your strength to take that huge step of bringing those questions and those doubts to you, of telling you just how they feel, and Lord, I pray in those moments as they pray to you that you would refresh them, remind them of your love and your care for them in the gospel and in Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray, help us, please, to go to you today, to ask you specifically for help where we need it and to trust you with our eyes on the cross. In Jesus' name, amen.